Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes I struggle to find any truth in your lies And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know My weakness I feel I must finally show Hello and welcome to this episode of That's What She Said Today we are on M School, which is Magic School for Entrepreneurs, uh, installment number three, Heal the Horcruxes, and if you're like, I don't know what a horcrux is, uh, that's okay. I will explain it all to you, and you are welcome to listen. Otherwise, three very quick reminders. One, uh, Space is going to be starting in a couple of weeks. Space is a 21-day email class to help you put some space between you and your phone and you and your screens and let some other things into your life. So before summer vacation rolls around is the perfect time to do that. So check out that class at kristenkelp.com slash space. As always, there are breathwork classes at breathehealrepeat.com or you can access them from kristenkelp.com. There's a little drop down from the shop and uh, there's a free class there called Lighter and there are a couple of classes to help you work on receiving. And that means receiving all the things, joy, love, delight, money, pleasure, whatever it is that you want. And there's one uh, for depression because breath work is one of the very specific things that I use uh, to keep my depression in check. And so I wanted to make you something that might help you with yours. So there's one free class and the other classes are 22 bucks. You can use them over and over again. They are in fact, magnificent. And those are at breathehealrepeat.com. And finally, for the people on my uh, email list, you'll get the details of Steer Your Ship rather soon. So that's my six-month coaching program. We're going to meet for a few days in Santa Fe and then a few days in LA. And uh, we're going to do a bunch of coaching in the meantime. And it's going to be amazing. It is my favorite thing Um, It gets better every year. I love it so much. Uh, And it's a really small group. So um, look out for that. Otherwise, this is Heal the Horcruxes. Enjoy. Take notes. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. You know where to find me. 
on Instagram at kkalp or kkristenkelp.com or the contact form at kristenkelp.com and you'll figure it out. I trust that you will find me. I will talk to you so soon and I hope you enjoy. Bye. I was in the library the other night in the restricted section and I read something rather odd about a bit of rare magic. It's called, as I understand it, a Horcrux. Hello and welcome to this M School episode class, which is about Horcruxes. Each one of these desires we've been exploring, whether we're talking about unicorn blood or Dementors, is in some way tied to a much bigger thing, the Horcrux. The promise of happiness elsewhere on the other side of possessing one tweaked life condition. So unlike in Harry Potter, where it's all about tearing your soul into pieces physically, this is tearing your soul into pieces metaphorically and not letting yourself reach that thing that we all fucking want, happiness, because of some life condition or circumstance or product or service or something that you don't yet have, ergo, you've decided you cannot yet be happy. Unfortunately, happiness horcruxes are made of lies. You can go on an infinitely difficult quest to find and conquer each one, drinking from the poisoned shell, gulping down every last bit of vitriol in an attempt to grasp the happiness it promises, and I can guarantee that you'll come up empty. You'll love yourself just as much with new wallpaper as you did with the old. Those 100 new followers will feel identical to the 100 before them. That's because all these things we've talked about so far, horcruxes and dementors and unicorn blood, they're dependent on external factors. They're only valuable in so much as they help you generate internal results. Insofar as having 227 new sex moves that blow his mind deep in intimacy with your partner, they're great. Insofar as having more followers helps you earn more income, thus rendering you capable of pursuing your life's calling, they are fucking miraculous. But in and of themselves, taken outside the larger context of your life, they're useless. They're just messy entrails stolen from a once magical creature, now dead. Or darkened and evil sorts of insidious dreams trying to sneak back in. Or everyday objects infused with way more power than they deserve. So what if you stop giving the Horcruxes any power? What if you focus on a pursuit that calls to you body and soul? In practical terms, that means one more time taking a good look at all the shoulds that stop you from doing cool shit. Over and over we're doing this. We're going deeper and deeper to weed them out even though your logical brain is all, we already did this, move on Kristen, holy shit, stop, right? Ignore that voice for a second. Because this is about finding all the waves you worry about what other people think that keep you from doing amazing work, or from eating wonderful foods, or from dancing your ass off, or from quitting that social media platform, or from making stuff you absolutely adore. Because I can tell you, those things, those external factors, are not the end game in business, in life, in any part of it. Personally, my face used to be riddled with acne, and at the peak of its horror, when I was sure I couldn't be any more hideous, I met the love of my life. I don't use the word hideous lightly. I'm quoting my past self verbatim when I use it. And I've gained weight since meeting the love of my life. My thighs are all wibbly, and my arms have cellulite, which I did not even know was possible. And according to the world's most brilliant horcruxy salespeople, 
I should be on the verge of suicide because I have wibbly bits and I hate the gym and I've never done a P90X workout and I don't optimize my SEO on a regular basis. So I should be like a failing, miserable human stuck in a corner weeping about my complete lack of worthiness to go into the outside world, right? But who the fuck cares? Sure, I should go to the gym and I should eat more greens and I should give way more attention to my business than I have in the past year, but that is some serious unicorn blood that leads to horcruxes just waiting to be consumed. Because the truth is, I'm happiest doing yoga at home, not at the gym, which smells like feet and ball sweat made an oddly sickening sock baby. And I eat greens when my body asks for them. My business is doing what I want it to do without my spending 70 to 400 hours a week working on it. I'm listening to the whispers. The deep, quiet whispers mean that I've given up alcohol and dairy in the last year, not because I should or because it's some sort of when I'll be happy when I've lost weight, but because my body finally managed to communicate the message clearly enough for me to hear it. I've lost 10 pounds recently, not because I care about the number on the scale, but because being part of a weight loss program helps me pay attention to what I'm putting in my body, which gives me more energy, which means my life improves drastically as a result. I've been writing and making more than ever, not because I decided to participate in a revolutionary 30-day program that will change my whole life forever and ever, but because it feels better to make than to hold back any more of my voice or to judge it in some way. The deepest, quietest whispers say things about telling the truth, vulnerability, and pursuing the moments and spaces in my life that feel holy. You are perfectly capable of listening to the deepest, quietest whispers within you. Spoiler alert, they'll probably whisper to you about truth and vulnerability and making holy spaces in your life, too. When you stop giving into the shoulds that say you should lose 10 pounds or 15 or 20 or 85, or you should work harder and more or less and less or at all, like it's not the same for everyone, these things that are told to us in our brains. When you stop telling yourself that you should spend more time with your kids or homeschool them or unschool them or get them into more extracurriculars so they can go to an Ivy League school. When you stop beating yourself up about the shit you don't, but inexplicably feel you should care about. When you can see that unicorn blood in the vial pulsing with promise and decide not to drink it. When you can see all the happiness horcruxes you've made and refuse to give them any more power. When you're brave enough to be with your own desires, to listen to your own whispers, to say the truth out loud with or without a thigh gap. You'll have everything you need without making a single resolution or spending a single dime. Horcruxes are nothing but really advanced, far away, complicated finish lines. We're going to focus on, not on finish lines, but on ways of being. For example, freedom is a way of being. You can feel trapped in your perfect life on the shores of Bali, working from a laptop with a few hundred grand in the bank, just as easily as you can feel trapped in a minivan driving the kids around or working in a cubicle at a day job. Freedom is a choice. You can throw up your hands at your calendar or your lack of planned vacations, or you can begin to carve out space. A friend of mine who used to work seven days a week now works five and occasionally six. That's progress. That's freedom. That is to be celebrated. A friend of mine who used to cash in her unused vacation days for additional dollars at the end of the year now uses every single one of those days. 
That is progress. That is freedom. The happiness horcrux says that unless you can move to Bali with a laptop, you can't be free. And that's not the case. You fight for it. You carve it out. You make it a way of being. Likewise, aliveness is a way of being. Most people get less and less alive as they get older, when I argue that the opposite should be true. As you get better at being you, as you identify the parts of society you buy into, and the parts that you just want to fuck right the fuck off, you naturally get more alive, right? That's not the case for most people, but in theory, that's how it should be. Aliveness is in taking the yes position to life instead of the no position, which you can do anywhere at all in life, in any minute of any day. It's constantly stepping out of your most comfortable zones, mentally and physically and spiritually and sexually and emotionally in all the leaves, right? It's saying the hardest things to your friends, your partner, your clients, your children, your parents, your acquaintances. It's putting down your elevator pitches for your business and picking up the truth. It's risking failure and heartbreak again and again and again instead of going for the quote-unquote safe bet that is, of course, not the slightest bit safe because it saps your aliveness at warp speed. If freedom and aliveness aren't exactly what you've made horcruxes of, which feelings do you think you'll have when you finally reach that big, huge goal you've always wanted to reach? For example, how will you feel when you're out of debt? How will you feel when your business hits the marks you've decided are important? Maybe they're follower marks. Maybe they're subscriber marks. Maybe they're income marks. Maybe they're award marks. Whatever it is, how will you feel then? That's what you're going for. How will you feel when you fit into a size zero outfit or when you manage to do yoga for 90 days in a row or when your kids graduate from college? Because you can feel that way right now, right this second, in small ways, instead of banking on a big emotional payout that may or may not come. It is way too much pressure to think of your three-year-old's graduation day from college. Holy shit. (laughs) You can feel that way right now. If you want to be proud, how can you be proud of your kid right now? And if you want to feel free, how can you be free right now? It's a lot harder right now than it is later, but that's the work. How do you want to feel and how can you make yourself feel that way each day? If that brings up, oh my God, I know exactly how I want to feel, awesome. If you want to dive deeper into this because you have absolutely no idea, The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte is the book to read. These are her questions. The how do you want to feel question is really, really important. I didn't need a book to go with it. I just kind of was like, oh yeah, okay, well, I'll choose how I want to feel. If yours aren't that obvious, just go buy the book, The Desire Map, Danielle Laporte. Otherwise, here are training wheels for eliminating horcruxes, especially if you don't know what they might be or you're certain you don't have any. Because we all do, so don't act like you don't. I'm included. We all do. And if they're not visible, they're tricky, so you have to make space for them to show themselves. First, keep open space in your calendar. It's room to maneuver. The idea that every part of every day has to be scheduled due to productivity experts slash Tim Ferriss slash the four-hour work week, whatever. It's absolute utter bullshit that has only taken root in the age of the internet. So that's only in the last 20 fucking years, people. For thousands of years, people had really boring downtime each and every day. In Kenya, most people walk from their houses to town and back a few miles each way at least three times a week. That means they've got hours of walking built into their time on Earth. Not for exercise, not tracking their steps or points or listening to podcasts or checking email or Instagramming as they go. Just 
walking. Likewise, in Kenya, when the sun is out and the laundry is done and the kids aren't home from school yet at flying kites, you can find the whole staff lying in the yard and telling each other stories in Kikuyu. That isn't some fantasy made up or some cute little story I'm telling to make you feel bad. It's just a way of life. Without screens and population density, you have more time to simply be. In fact, you have no choice, so you might as well enjoy it. So in your calendar, leave open space and decide what you're going to do with that open space on that day. Because maybe you'll feel like going to the zoo, or maybe it's raining. And maybe you'll want to take a nap, or maybe you'll want to take a bath, or maybe you'll want a massage. And But just leave the space and guard it fiercely to figure out what you want. If you don't know what you want, what you need is time to listen to yourself. Further, schedule time to do your own thing, whether that's a massage, time to hop in the car and drive, time to take a class, or time to just dive under the covers and read. Your thing inevitably strengthens all the other things in your life, many of which you have no control over. But if you feel like you don't have control over your mood or your emotions, I can guarantee that having time to actually sleep and to do your thing will help. And then... Identify the way you want to feel. I want to feel free, joyous, and magical. When I'm in a spot of feeling free, joyous, and magical, I'm happy. Even if I didn't manage to shower that day, or I'm not traveling in an exotic location, or I'm freaking out about something tedious and mundane like answering emails. I can still feel free by doing a Koya class, that's Q-O-Y-A if you want to look into it, or watching The Real Housewives instead of sticking to my schedule because Rebellion is fantastic. I can feel joyous by watching some animal videos slash Instagram, ain't no shame in my game, or by working on my latest business project, which is generally joyous. And I can feel magical by dressing like a very colorful, very human hybrid with lots of prints and textures and absurd necklaces and my standard pink hair. Whatever you want to feel, it's not a finish line, it's a way of being. To quote my best friend Doey, who literally texted me this message while I was writing this course, it all goes back to fear. You, and by you we mean people in general, care more about how other people perceive you so you play the game. You're afraid you'll be judged or thought less of or ostracized. If you care more about external opinions or external factors than your own opinion of yourself, you're insecure and you'll look for external validation instead of looking internally and doing the work to make peace with your true identity. If you search internally and value that over external forces, you don't get sucked into the nonsense and the lie. So instead of being external with horcruxes and unicorn blood and all of those things, we go internal and we take a look. What's going on there? How do you want to feel? And your true identity, further, when you get really internal, your true identity knows when enough is enough. There was an article that just circulated on the interwebs. I'm sure you can look it up. There were an interview. There were interviews with four guys, one who made $53,000 a year, one who made $250,000 a year, one who made a million dollars a year, and one who made like minimum wage plus tips. And they interviewed them about things like how they feel about money and how often they think about money and what money does in their lives and how much money they would need to feel like they were set in life. And interestingly enough, the person who had $1 million a year, which is kind of something that we're all like, yeah, that'd be fucking great. I'd be set. was like, well, I would need to have, you know, between 60 and 70 million put away before I felt like I was really secure. And the guy who said had 250, of course, wanted millions. And the guy, uh, interestingly, the guy that had $53,000 a year was like, I think I'd be great if I earned six figures, but I don't really worry about money. It's not something that's on my radar. 
And then, of course, the minimum wage guy, if you're under the poverty line, you worry about money just to get above the poverty line. And so that wasn't a surprise. But what was fascinating, the guy that made $250,000 a year was like, money is all I think about from the minute I wake up until the minute I go to sleep. It's all I worry about. It's all I think about. It's my only concern. The guy who had $53,000 a year clearly had a concept of enough. I have enough. And so this is not going to be something that occupies my every moment. If you are in touch with your true self and your true identity, you can be really honest about when you have enough. The most common horcrux I notice in the world is more. When I ask peeps how much money they want to make or how much travel they want to do or how many products they want to sell in a year, the answer is more. Only more isn't fixed and it certainly isn't clear. You want to make more money. Well, that could be an additional dollar over last year's income, which is technically more. Or it can be an additional, you want to make an additional $10 million. They're all more. You want to travel more? Good. You can have an extra 12 hours of staycation. Like that's, <laughs> it's, it's not defined. As for selling more products, you can sell one more of that $20 item per month and you've reached the more threshold. Muggle thinking and logistics are really helpful here because more is a mindset that can eat away at your soul. And it's a horcrux that you can stop but you're going to have to stop it again and again and again over and over and over in various aspects of your life. Enough is far more interesting and more challenging because it requires your active participation to find it. So let's talk about enough. Sometimes the hardest thing to see or to acknowledge is when you have enough, because then the question is, now what? And most people will never, ever get to that point. Most people have the more horcrux and they'll be happy when they have more and that's undefined. And so that more concept is what holds all of your happiness hostage. When we talk about having enough, we're talking about realizing our place in the world. If you've ever been on a plane, you're among the wealthiest 1% of the world's population and you've all been on planes. So when we talk about more and we talk about enough, we're splitting hairs about your relative wealth. By virtue of your listening to this, you can count yourself as one of the wealthiest humans ever to have lived on this planet. Even if you don't have a collection of $7,000 handbags, or you don't have 17 cars, and you still don't have a squadron of hired helpers to help dress you, bathe you, feed you, and transport you. Of course, knowledge of that particular status doesn't mean that you feel wealthy, I don't when I was strolling the streets of Paris and I saw bags and shop windows that cost more than my car. And to be honest, the total value of every car I've ever owned still wouldn't add up to the price of some bags. And I'm not saying you should feel guilty about what you do have. Again, I don't feel guilty. I'm simply pointing out that in the whole great, vast, and wide world that is your existence, your ability to have traveled on a plane and to be listening to this puts you in a class of people who are the cleanest, healthiest, and wealthiest the world has ever known. You already have immense privilege, whether you acknowledge it or not. So what will you do with it? Most people will choose to pursue more indefinitely. More money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. It's not particularly interesting, and it means that your house will be filled with things and stuff, but it's what the world offers. You can have shiny objects. You can have inflatable swans. You can have bigger and bigger and bigger inflatable swans. You can have bigger and bigger inflatable swans encrusted with diamonds with your three pools outside, right? And from that perspective of just wanting more, there will never be enough money, not ever, even for a minute, even if you're a multi-billionaire, because you can never have all the money in the whole world. But... 
You can choose in this moment as a magical human to find your way to a place of enough. From that place in which your bills are paid, your heat is on, your food is relatively healthy, and your safety is not at risk, you're free to pursue other mores, which are way more interesting, like more meaning, more time to yourself, more travel, and more creative projects. More unplugged time, more mornings in Paris, more donations to charity, more time with the people you love most, more freedom, more spacious living, more adventuring that could go horribly wrong and leave you with malaria in a country where you don't speak the language. More risk, more croissant, more Italian cookies. More isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that pursuing more money and only more money precludes your pursuit of other things that are much, much more interesting, like more connection, more time to read, more time wandering around with no particular place to be, more mornings to sleep in and get dressed when you feel like it. There's a wealth of time and energy available to you that is not visible when you're exclusively pursuing more money. One afternoon, you might find yourself in Paris, sipping coffee and watching the world go by, and you might let your gaze wander from one person to another with Notre Dame in the background, and you might lose your breath in the wonder of being so very lucky to have chosen to pursue all the mores that are inherently risky, and you might breathe deeply in the knowledge that you already have everything you need. That is what I want for you. I want your mores to be specific, and I want them to be defined, and I want you to see that enough and more are two separate concepts that can take over your whole life as Horcruxes. This was a long one, but your assignments are really simple and actually kind of brief. For magic, I want you to open space in your calendar. That means one two-hour block, not ten little tiny ten-minute blocks. That's cute, but no, don't do that. Add two hours to do whatever the fuck you want in a single block for each of the next four weeks. Ah, that's a hard one. And then I want you to identify the ways you want to feel, which is also very hard, but it's really, 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 really helpful that what you're trying to get deep down is not an extra 10 grand. You're trying to get freedom or you're trying to get security or you're trying to get safety or you're trying to get joy or you're trying to get magic. Whatever it is, I guarantee that it's not just more money. It's the way the money makes you feel. And when you identify that, you are a stronger, more empowered and delightful magical being. To mogul, if you've bought into the more horcrux, which I suspect you have, what exactly does more look like in your in your business? Is it selling three spots to that class or 300 spots to that class? Is it selling 10 more products or 100 more products? Is it selling out completely by June? Or is it something as simple as making an extra 100 bucks next month? When you dial in exactly what you're trying to achieve, you're approximately 1 billion percent more likely to get there. So I want you to share your number one more goal with the group. Do you need a worksheet? Do you need a spreadsheet? Do you need a mind map? Do you need a... I want you to think about where have you been like, oh yeah, I need to make more money and then go back and say, or I need to sell more stuff or I need to do more work or I need to um, speak at more events or whatever it is where it's unclear. I want you to make it painfully clear. Like I want to weigh 123.4 pounds is a weight loss goal. Um, I want to make $123,000 gross, which will lead to X amount net, which will lead to X amount in my bank each month, that sort of a thing. Those more goals brought into the world of what you can actually do and what's actually enough, they make a huge difference. So do them and then share your number one with the group. And then muggle. This one is 
Give yourself like 15 to 20 minutes and just do it. And this is the most important one. Get out a pen and a piece of paper and figure out your enough dollar amount. That means looking at your debts, your monthly expenses, accounting for your 401k, your insurances, your housing, your food, your living expenses, your fund money, whatever it is that you pay every month or you'd like to pay every month, but you don't currently, but you worry about it a lot like student loans. Then add your buffer in terms of uh, whether your taxes are automatically deducted via an, via an employer or you're doing that on your own. So you're going to add somewhere between a 10 and 35% buffer to account for taxes. And that's your enough point. This number might be higher than you think, but it probably isn't something, it probably isn't something like I'm going to need to make $622,000 and 24 cents. Like that's not going to be the number. It's going to be much lower than that. So whatever it is, when you have a business, you need to realistically look at what is it that I need to bring in personally as a human being, not as a business owner, but as a human. And that's where we begin. My enough number in business and my enough number in life are really low compared to what people tell me I should definitely, definitely, definitely be worried about making. So when you have your enough number, just let me know. You don't have to say what it is. That's sort of embarrassing and awkward. Uh, but I do want you to do that and then save it for later classes. It's really important to do this exercise because it's going to, it's going to be, going to be build other things later in the classes. So don't skip it. I know it's pain in the ass. Be as detailed as you can. You don't need my list of, you know what your monthly expenses are. You know what you'd like to be paying on your credit cards or on your other debts. You know how much you're contributing to your 401k. You know about your insurances. You know about your taxes. You know how to make this number happen. And then you can decide what is it going to be that's going to feel like enough above and beyond just those basic, the money it costs to be a human numbers. Let me know when you have it. And I will see you next week when we are out of all these like shoulds and getting rid of things and we start building, which is really fucking exciting. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Happy M School Day. Bye. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly, scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's 
available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.